is Kimberlyn Morris, and I'm a senior elementary education major at Ball State. <laughs> so last week, the traveling team came, and they talked about, well, they took us through the entire Bible in 20 minutes, which was pretty sweet, in my opinion. So from Genesis to Revelation, they revealed that God had a theme throughout the Bible for a reason, that he wanted to know all of his people across the whole world and know them personally. And he wants all nations to, to eventually worship him and know him as Savior and Lord. And he called us, they called us to go. Uh, they called us to go overseas. And why did they do that? Because millions of students around the world have never heard the name of Jesus or have any access to the gospel. So God wants not only us to worship him in America, God wants every single person across the whole entire world to worship him. And he calls us sinners to go and spread that gospel. And as Americans, we get to travel to quite a few places and it's really sweet. Um, and I think it's really awesome that God wants us to be a part of his mission. So the hard part is, how can I do that? Well, I have a sweet deal for you guys tonight. <laughs> Ball State Crew has a partnership with East Asia. Where is it, you might ask? Well, I'll let you in on a little secret. East Asia is in Eastern Asia. <laughs> oh, surprise. So what does a partnership mean? A partnership sounds like a fancy word, but what it means is that we fly to two large cities in a closed country with millions of students who may have never heard the gospel before and may have never heard Jesus' name before. <laughs> so how do we do that? We partner with short-term and long-term missionaries in order to build movements across the globe, specifically in East Asia. And we want these movements to uh, have students who are passionate about knowing Jesus and telling his story through giving, getting, and multiplying the gospel, just like here. Um, and we've had this partnership for about 15 years now, so it's really well established, and it's a really cool opportunity we have as Ball State crew people. And we also partner through sending short-term missions, like uh, spring break trips and also summer missions, as well as one-year stints, which are a year overseas. We actually have six of our Ball State graduates who are doing that right now. I personally was able to go to East Asia uh, last summer for six weeks, and it was one of the sweetest experiences. Um, God taught me that not only could I find comfort in him when I was really uncomfortable, but I could also lean on him in every single moment and that he loves every single person so, so much. Even, even the worst of the sinners, which we all are, God loves every single person and he wants us to know him and he wants the East Asian people to know him as well. Um, I got to meet friends and one of my friends had literally never heard the name of Jesus before. And it was a really awesome opportunity and I would really encourage all of you to consider it. Um, but next, if you know me, I like to have fun. So we're gonna play a little game of everyone's favorite test question, true, false. So I'm gonna say a, tr a statement and I'm gonna ask for raised hands for true or false. So true or false, East Asia has strict traffic rules. So strict traffic rules. False. Sounds like false is what most people are saying. Anybody true? There's some trues. Well, it's actually false. <laughs> so. There really are no traffic rules besides don't hit somebody else in East Asia. Um, to demonstrate this, uh, to cross the street, you have to look right, look left, step a little, step, look right, look left, watch out for the truck. Even though the green sign is on doesn't mean that you can walk across the street just yet. But it's like a game of Frogger and it's really fun. So the second one is in East Asia, personal space is defined as a three foot radius around oneself. False, anybody true? Well, it's false again. <laughs> so personal space really doesn't necessarily exist in East Asia, 
But uh, pretty much all summer with my friends, I'd either be holding hands with them or linked arms with them, but that's how they care for people, and it's actually a really sweet part of their culture. Um, something that I'd like you to think about all night is that it's not wrong, it's just different. Just because East Asia has a different culture than American culture doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's actually a really awesome thing to get to learn about and a different culture to experience. So I'm also going to preview the night. So tonight you're going to hear from students who have been to East Asia, and you're also going to hear from the Ball State graduates who are currently overseas doing the stint I mentioned earlier. It's going to be really cool. I'm really excited. Um, but first, there are going to be two discussion questions that are up on the screen, and we're going to talk, take some time to talk about those. Um, so talk with two or three people around you. But the first question is, what is your initial reaction when you hear East Asia partnership? So you'll discuss that. And then the second one is, what would keep you from considering missions in East Asia? So to two or three people around you, discuss those. And after that, um, Bryce is going to come up and talk about his experience with East Asia. Hey. <laughs> hey guys. 
Hey, my name is Bryce Bulltop, and I am a junior architecture major here, and I help lead the uh, Neuer community group. So, <laughs> absolutely. Um, this summer, I had the privilege to be able to go to East Asia with crew for six weeks and um, just see God's heart for the nations, to see him uh, do marvelous work there, to just see how sovereign and how great he is there. And I just want to uh, paint a picture for why we go to East Asia, why, like, what, what's the point? Like, why, why go to East Asia? And to, do, and to do that, I want to um, start with the first book of the Bible named Genesis. In that, we see that God creates the first two human beings ever named Adam and Eve. They were made in God's image, and they were made in his likeness. And they had no sin in them, and the world was perfect. So Adam and Eve got to enjoy a perfect relationship with the Father without any hindrances at all. But Adam and Eve did not stay sinless for long. God told them that they could eat from all the trees in the garden except for one of them. One of them they could not eat from. And Satan tempted both of them, and they decided to trust in themselves instead of what God said and ate from that tree. And because of that, because of that uh, rebellion, whether it be active or passive, that brought sin into the world. And so um, this brought death into the world physically, but even more weighty, it brought spiritual separation from an infinitely holy, just God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. So sin earned spiritual death for everyone who has sinned. We find out in the Bible, though, that not just really bad people are sinners, or, you know, like the worst of the worst are sinners, but that, like, everyone, including me, are sinners. Romans 3.23 reads, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Adam and, Eve, Adam and Eve's sin infested the entire human race, and with that, everyone is born with a sinful, evil heart, bent on disobeying God and choosing its own desires instead of God's. This sinful condition is so rooted in us that the Bible tells us that there is nothing good in people. Romans 3, verses 11 and 12 says, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, no, not one. And so, like, this is serious stuff. This is something that we can't just you know, stick our, hand in the, our head in the sand about, like, we have to um, look at this. And so people are not born basically good or neutral. We see that children are not taught how to be evil. They are natural God haters. And that there is nothing good in the human heart, nothing that wants to submit to God. And so, like, even looking at my own heart, if my heart had the choice to choose righteousness or, or choose God or choose sin, it's going to choose sin every single time without fail. And because God is righteous, because God is holy and perfect, sin needs to be punished. He is just. And just like we rally behind criminals that they should have justice and punishment put onto them, sin needs to be punished. 
and this, the punishment for sin is hell. And I know that might be a word that some feel uncomfortable about, um, but bear with me and uh, let me explain more uh, about this. And um, when we sin against an eternal God, there is an eternal consequence for that, and that's what we call hell. And so, um, yeah, God's glory will be kept, and there will be justice. And so you're probably thinking to yourself, this isn't really good news. This isn't great news. This is kind of sad. Why are you talking to us about this, especially in light of East Asia and missions? But um, I want to emphasize the sobering reality of our total depravity, because if there is no need to be saved, what's the good news? So we need to understand the bad news before we can talk about the beauty of the good news. And there is good news. That Romans 6.23 verse I said earlier has a second part to it, and it's beautiful. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the good news. That's the gospel. There is hope. God has not forgotten us. He has made a way for us to know him and know his heart. Jesus Christ, God's own son and God in the flesh, humbled himself and became a human to live on the earth. He lived a life free from sin and was perfect in every way. At the end of his life of performing miracles and telling people about who he was, People hated him, and the religious leaders of the day crucified him out of their hatred for him. This was no accident. This was planned that Jesus would die in such a way. That is because he died for us, for every single one of us. It was planned. It wasn't just an accident that the Romans just crucified him, but it was just he, he knew from the very beginning that's what he wanted to do. He was the perfect sacrifice for our sin. He lived the life we should have and died the way we deserve. Our sin was imputed or put onto Jesus as he died. And God poured out his wrath and his anger towards sin on the cross as if he was one of us. Referring to Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus died on that cross, was buried for three days, and on the third day he rose from the grave to show the world that he has conquered sin and death. The check was cleared. The debt has been paid. And this was done because of God's great love for us. That while we were still sinning and backstabbing him, he died for the ungodly. And that this is offered to everyone, no matter of past or sins committed. But this is offered to anyone who would choose to believe. The Bible says to be saved from the sin and be forgiven by God is if they trust and have faith in the promises of Jesus. Namely, his death and his resurrection and the forgiveness of sins that that brings. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This verse goes on, though. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How, then, will they call on him who they have not believed? Or, yeah. And how are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? 
If you are a Christian here, if you enjoy a relationship with God, it is probably because someone in your life had the courage and the love to come up to you and preach you the gospel, tell you about Jesus, tell you about the wonderful things that Jesus has done for you, and that he has died for your sins. Otherwise, how would you have known? How would you have known unless someone told you? We as Christians have a great gift, a great privilege to share Jesus, to share the good news. That we can have a relationship with the creator of the universe as an adopted son or daughter into his family. Guys, people are out there trying to find life and meaning through worldly things and is leaving them hollow and empty. Some things people try to find life in and purpose, uh, professional success, being important or noticed, being really funny, the pursuit of money, sexual morality, partying, um, you know, good moral behavior, good works. But all of these things leave, all of these things lead to death. They do not earn anything before God. They do not satisfy. But Jesus does, though. Jesus is the best gift the universe has ever seen. I mean, he's, he's like that Snickers bar in, like, the bag of, like, three musketeers. Like, he actually, like, satisfies. <laughs> like, he satisfies our deepest longings to be loved and forgiven. He gives direction to the aimless. He opens the eyes of the blind. He is the supreme treasure of the universe. There nothing comes as sweet as Jesus himself. What a great blessing that we get to tell lost people about such a savior. I know looking back at my own life this year, um, before the summer, and especially at the winter conference last year, God was just revealing to me um, the reality that people in East Asia and all around the world, especially in the 1040 window, that people are dying and going to hell without ever hearing the sweet name of Jesus. Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. He is what saves. I mean, just looking at my own life and how he saved me, he reached down and changed my heart of stone into a heart of flesh and opened my eyes to how glorious he is and how wonderful the cross is. Why would I not want to share that with others? Why would I, not, why would I want to stand on the sidelines like, if I really loved these people, if I really wanted what was best for them, I would share them about Jesus because of how much he has changed me, the hope and the love that he's shown me. Why wouldn't I want to show others that? And so this summer, um, I listened to what God was telling me to do, and I obeyed him and went to East Asia. And I had such a marvelous opportunity to see one of my friends there come to know him, to see that his eyes was, were, was opened and to see that his life was completely changed, and that he had hope and direction, that his life actually meant something. It wasn't just temporary satisfaction every day and then you die at the end, but it actually had meaning. It had purpose. It was all because of Jesus. And so I want to implore you to be a part of the Great Commission to be a part of spreading the good news of Jesus, to unreached places where the gospel is not prevalent, where it is not known. Either go, send, 
or disobey. And so we, we go by going to unreached places and we send by praying and funding other people. But above all else, let's praise God that he has made a way for sinners like us to know him and to be saved through Jesus. And so um, in light of what I've talked to you guys about, I have some questions that I want to share with you. Um, the first one being, in light of these things, or, uh, why do you think people go to East Asia? And the second one is, what, should be, uh, what would be the benefits of going to East Asia? So take about three minutes and discuss those things with people around you. Ni hao, what they paying you, what jiao Hannah. Hello, my friends, my name is Hannah. Um, for the little bit of time that I have to speak with you guys today, um, I'd love to share about the need for Jesus um, and how I personally saw him work uh, while I spent my summer over there um, in East Asia. So um, last week we heard a little bit from the traveling team and Wes touched a bit on um, the difference between unbelievers and the unreached people. Um, so I kind of summed it up into one word, the difference between these people, and um, I came up with access. So um, the unbelievers, um, they may have access, but they may not believe in the gospel, or they, they have the choice. Um, and the unreached, they physically don't have any access to the gospel. And so even if they wanted to hear it, um, and so we here in America tend to have um, a church on like every corner, um, if you haven't already noticed. Uh, and then we can pick up a Bible at any store, really. And that's just not um, a thing in East Asia. Um, 
So tonight, I want to share a little bit about my friend Emily. Um, and this is um, a sweet friend I met in East Asia. Uh, and if you've ever wanted to know what it's like to be famous, you should totally go to East Asia because um, you will get kids thrown into your arms just for a picture. Um, you will get really awkward selfies with people and you'll get stared at. So um, if you want to know what it feels like, you should go. Um, so that's a side note. But um, so Emily and I sat and we talked in a coffee shop for about two hours one day. This is the first time I met her. Um, we talked about Ed Sheeran, and we talked about the Titanic, and we talked about how the way that Americans um, love the sun rather than the shade, which is different for East Asians. So um, after this initial meeting, I um, was walking home. I didn't take the bus that day. I walked home, and I walked up on a bridge, and um, I took a break up there. One, because the altitude was kind of terrible, and so I really needed a break. Um, and then two, no one was up there. And after that meeting with Emily, I was just like filled with emotions. And so I just went up there, I just kind of stood there, I cried, I prayed, um, mainly because I realized after that meeting the um, need for Jesus um, in this sweet friend's life. Um, and so, after that meeting, we met up almost every day. We would get meals together. Um, we would go shopping, uh, just fun friend things. Um, and I had a lot of fun. It was great. Um, but what I so desperately wanted was uh, to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with her. Uh, but after talking with her, I uh, realized that she just really didn't want anything to do with any spiritual matters. I was a little bit hard at first because really all I wanted to do was share the gospel with her. So um, after getting some advice from one of the national staff in EA, um, I realized that Emily had a passion uh, to talk about love, as do many girls in Asia. And so I was like, okay, I can talk about love. And so um, I tried to love her well as a friend um, and just talk about love with her. And so I was able to share about my true love, Jesus. And so um, through that, uh, through what she wanted to talk about, she was so open to it. And so she just looked at me with eager eyes and she wanted to learn so much more. And so, um, yeah, the Lord in his grace just allowed me to share the gospel with her. And this was uh, for the first time uh, that it was ever hitting her ears, which is just amazing. Um, she was completely intrigued by the love that uh, this man had for her that she had never met. And in her cute little Asian accent, she kept saying, he's so nice, he's so nice. Um, so that was really fun to talk about. Um, and so after hearing the gospel, um, Emily just made it really clear that she was understanding things. Um, and so that night we went out and we went to go get our nails done, just girl thing. And um, so we were out, and we were in this small little uh, nail salon, and no one spoke English there. So we talked a little bit about Jesus. And she, after I was finished talking and sharing with her about um, just some things about Jesus, she continued on, and she would elaborate, and she would just share with me more information that she had. 
And I was just, like, completely shocked. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, what? Where did she learn all this stuff? So I stopped her, and I asked her, and I was like, Emily, where did you learn all this stuff? This is so cool. And she said, I learned it from you. And I was just shocked for two reasons. One, um, I don't remember saying half the things that she was repeating to me. Um, so that was super cool. And the second is that as I thought about it, the amount of times that I had met with Emily, there was like no possible way for her to know all these things that she was sharing with me. Um, so I just, kn I completely knew that that was the Lord's doing and that was none of my own. Um, and so uh, again, by God's grace, a few days later, Emily and I sat on a park bench um, and we were both in tears and uh, I got to pray with her as she received Christ. Um, and it was just the sweetest thing to be able to, to be a part of this girl's life that a few weeks earlier, she had never heard the name of Jesus before. Um, when we were talking, she, had, she did not know what a Bible was. Um, she didn't know what praying was. And like I said, she's never heard the name of Jesus. Um, so from seeing that a few weeks prior to sitting with her that day as she prayed and um, passed from death into life that day. Um, a verse I want to touch on, Revelation 7, 9, says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. I love this verse, and um, I just find it amazing that the Lord invites us um, to go overseas, to go share the gospel that we know um, to people who have never heard it before. Um, and so as I was spending my last days with Emily, um, she kept saying, I will see you again, I will see you again. And I just got really nervous because I'm like, oh man, like I really hope she knows that I may not be able to see her here on earth again. Um, so I just spent that day kind of bringing it up several different times in the day, just making sure that she knew um, that I may not be able to come back and see her in person on earth. And she goes, oh, I know, I will see you in heaven. And I, that just brings me in tears every time. So, um, so I just thought that verse was super sweet because uh, the fact that the Lord was able to use me and not out of my words at all, but just straight from him to share the gospel, the life-giving truth uh, to this girl who's never heard it before. Um, and now we can see that uh, that verse uh, can be fulfilled. And I, we will be standing next to my friend Emily in heaven, worshiping the same God. Um, it'll just be amazing. And so, um, yeah, the stenters that Kimberlyn talked about a little bit earlier, they have put together a video for us um, to watch. So, yeah, you can check this out. Cardinals, I'm Michaela and I am serving in East Asia. So some reasons why you should come to East Asia. While it is not all fun and games, there are some pretty fantastic reasons to come. First of all, the food is out of this world. There you will never experience anything like it in the state. What's up Ball State? This is Taylor Erickson. Graduated last year and I'm here on stint in East Asia. And I'm here today to tell you guys why you should consider coming to East Asia. Um, so there's so many different things I could tell you guys about East Asia. 
ton of fun. It's a blast. Uh, there's so many different things I could choose to talk about, but I'll specifically talk about team life. It's been one of the most important things to me here in East Asia. Uh, your team really becomes like a second family to you. You guys get to uh, pray together. You get to do ministry together. Uh, they're the people who are there in the hard times and the good times. They're, they're there to rejoice with you, to, to weep with you. Uh, and it's just been a blast getting to know my team, getting to do ministry with them, and uh, reaching students for Christ with them. Um, so that's one of my biggest encouragements to you guys is grab some friends, come to East Asia, uh, especially you guys, take the initiative to, uh, to lead, to say yes to the call and come to East Asia. We need you. Hi, I'm Jessica, um, and I served at Ball State in Deho um, I was there. So I came to East Asia because the Lord really captured my heart with the desire to see people from all nations come to meet Him. But it is really hard to leave your life at home and come across the world. Um, I miss my family, I miss my friends, and there's a lot of things about home that has been really hard um, to be away from and to miss out on. But the Lord is so sweet, and it is so worth it to be here, um, because He meets you even in the sadness, and He meets you um, even in the missing. Um, he gives you sweet times to connect with new friends here and old friends far away, um, and you get to see how the gospel transforms um, not only the lives of Asian students, but your own life and your own heart. And so, even though it's hard, it is so worth it to be here. Another great reason to come to East Asia is. The crazy culture. The culture is so beautiful, the culture is really interesting, and you get to see something new every single day. And I think another great reason to come to East Asia is the really sweet students that you get to meet and the unbelievable conversations you get to have. Um, it's really awesome to see God just swoop in and um, yeah, show you the most unexpected, unimaginable things right in front of your eyes. Um, so, Hey, Ball State, it's Danielle. Um, when I was a student there, I served in the Follett. And I wanted just to give you guys some encouragement. One, you do not have to be a master at the language before you come here. Um, I've been here for almost two months, still don't know it at all. And I even studied it back at Ball State for a little bit, still don't know it. Um, but it's still really sweet to see how the Lord has brought so many friends into my life that I can still share the gospel with and build genuine friendship. So. Don't let that be an excuse because you don't need to know any of the language. Um, the Lord overcomes it all. Hey, Ball State. This is Alex Morgan. I just wanted to say we miss you guys a lot and encourage you uh, to think about East Asia and joining us here. Um, it's been a really great experience already these first four months. Uh, one of the biggest things that I have learned is that you get to experience a whole new world. The friends that you are making are literally from the nations and they just have a very different way of thinking and doing life and you know, the family situation is so different so it's cool to see how the gospel meets them in so many different ways than yeah, how we see it in America and how God meets them where they're at is just such a sweet thing. You get to yeah, really just get to know them on such a deep level um, whereas on the states it'd be a lot harder. To, to know maybe an international student. Now you're living alongside them. Hi, Ball State. My name is Katie. I served in La Follette. La Follette. Um, yeah, so East Asia is not really the place that you come because it's a beautiful country with beaches and great weather and mountains. Um, 
Yeah, if you're coming here, it's really because you've captured the vision and you understand the strategy behind reaching East Asian people. Um, yeah, the gospel is not um, available as available to people here, and so we get to come in, we get to preach the gospel to people who don't have as many opportunities to hear it, and they get to take it to areas of the world that we don't have as many opportunity, opportunities to take it. Um, areas where Americans are not as welcomed. Um, yeah, so it's just super strategic. Um, if you're coming here, it's because you love Jesus. Um, that is the reason why. Join us in East Asia. Join us in East Asia. Join us in East Asia. So join us and come to East Asia. Hello again, everybody. I'm welcoming up my friend Christine right now. So I have a, some good questions. Hello. One, how long have you lived in East Asia? Am I on? No. Hello? Great. I have lived in East Asia for seven years. Whoa. It's a long time. I have also heard through the grapevine about your controversial opinion on ranch dressing. So I'd like to hear more about that. People love this. Okay. I do not love ranch dressing. Thank you. I appreciate a few of the shout outs. I just think there's better options out there. Um, and I think I also get a little bit crazy about how much we use ranch dressing. Um, we put it on everything. Like, let's just eat something the way it was made. That's, that's what I think about it. Let's welcome up Christine. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, that was fun. Um, Kimberlyn is great. Also, if you're looking for a good um, euchre partner and a friend, you should find her because she's pretty good at that. Yeah, I'm Christine. Um, I graduated from here. I don't know if she said that, but I did go to Ball State as a student. Um, so it's so fun to be back here. Um, this is, yeah, I started coming to Career as a freshman, and so it's really fun to see you guys and see what God has been doing here over the years as I've been over there. Um, and so, and I've actually served with a lot of the staff on the Ball State <laughs> staff team. I was counting today. I think, I don't, I should just say Bridget, Kate, Ben and Felicia, Mufi and Sue. So many of the people that have been up here tonight were there this summer, and I'm sure there's been others of you that have come, which is really cool. Um, so I went to East Asia for the first time on spring break when I was a junior. And so I think for me, coming, going to East Asia was kind of a no-brainer because I felt like we have this partnership. We talked about it. I want to go to another part of the world, so why not East Asia? Why not go with other Ball State students that I know that are also going and staff that are going as well? And so it just made sense to jump into what Ball State crew is already doing in a lot of ways. And so I think there it was where God showed me the need and opened my, up my eyes to that a lot more. So during my senior year, my discipler here challenged me to think about going on stint, so going on a year-long internship with crew. And I thought about it, and I originally thought, no, I don't want to do that. I had a plan to go to grad school. That was always the plan. Um, but then I think God continued to put it on my heart, and he worked it out for me to defer grad school, and so I ended up going to stint for a year. Um, 
And so then after stint, the plan was to come back to go to grad school, like I just said. Um, but plans quickly changed again as I just felt God was calling me to go back um, to serve there full time. And so basically I came back, joined staff, um, did, yeah, raise support, and then I've been back there for the last seven years, which just seems crazy. Um, so as people have mentioned tonight, East Asia is different than here. Um, there are a lot of quirks. And I just remember, I love what Kimberlyn said about it's not wrong, it's different. Because I remember going as a student, and we kept, all the students kept saying, gosh, this is so weird. Like, I don't get it. And the staff were like, it's not weird, it's different. Because um, the reality is, if we would have grown up there, that wouldn't be weird. We would, that would be the normal. Like, the things that we do, we put ranch dressing on everything. Those people over there would be like, stop doing that. <laughs> um, and so I just think, like, those things are, yeah, they're not weird to them. And so it's just different. It's different than what we're used to. I myself kind of love the quirks about East Asia. I think they bring me a lot of laughter <laughs> in my daily life. And so I have some pictures. I picked my top, I have a ton of pictures of just weird things I've seen over the years. I picked my top three to show you guys tonight. So, oh, this is a picture of East Asia. <laughs> this is a first one. This is a wrapper for a Coke bottle that says cola beef. I'm not really sure why it says cola beef. It, it was literally on a Coke bottle. So it was just pop, just Coke. It says cola beef. Maybe it has extra protein. I'm not sure. Second one, Kate Moss and some pizza slices. I also have no idea what that means. Like, no idea what that means. But this jacket is around town quite often. Like, I've seen it multiple times. So. It's either popular or people love it. I doubt anyone knows what this says. They're just walking around with it on, which is really fun. This is my favorite <laughs> by far. Yeah, right? This guy, this, a friend of mine texted me this picture, and I don't think I stopped laughing for like a half hour. This is like a, I don't know, how old do you think he is? Like in his 60s, probably 70s? Yeah, he's wearing a hat that says dope. Like that's it. Um, underneath the bill, it says Los Angeles, in case you were wondering where he got it, maybe. Um, I actually now own this hat, thankfully. Um, I've worn it probably twice, but it feels worth it, because I think it cost me like a buck, and I now match this guy, so <laughs> that feels fun for me. So anyway, welcome to the quirks. Um, yeah, last week, the traveling team, um, for those of you who are here, people have talked about it as well, talked about the 1040 window. And so I have a picture of that, um, which basically, yeah, refers to the areas um, in the Eastern Hemisphere plus the European and African part. So you can kind of see the box um, located between 10 and 40 degrees north uh, of the equator. And so they kept saying this area has the least access to the gospel, which is also what Hannah talked about a little bit. They don't have access. They don't have access to the Christian resources we do. And so I bring this up again because East Asia is also within this 1040 window. And so people often will ask, what is it like where you live? Um, besides the quirks and the differences um, and the good food and whatever other people have said tonight, I think the first word that I think of is dry. Uh, I think this for two reasons. The first is because there's just physical dryness in my city. The air is dry. You just, like, feel it sometimes in your eyes and your nose. And, like, I can do laundry and hang it up to dry. I don't own a dryer. So I hang it up. And if it's sunny out, it'll usually be dry within a couple hours. 
which is also why I don't have a dryer. You don't need one. Um, and so it's just, yeah, really dry. I think another part of the region of East Asia I live in is actually desert. Like, it's literally desert. And so we, yeah, we climb these sand dunes. We ride camels. We, yeah, it's, it's really dry physically. And the second reason I say dry is because it's actually spiritually dry where I live as well. And so East Asia is also considered unreached, um, which simply means there's just little to no access to the gospel there. Um, and not because, just because, oh, there aren't a lot of Christians there, but also there just aren't loads of people flocking to go serve the Lord there. And so there are less than, the Christians there make up less than 8% of the population. There's a lot of Muslims um, in mosques. There's a lot of Buddhists. I have some pictures of these um, different people groups. Um, but mostly these are just people who are considered non-religious. Um, not necessarily because they're apathetic or have rejected the gospel. It's just because they have not heard. Uh, I have conversations with students. It's been mentioned already that they ask, like, who, who's Jesus? Like, I've never heard. I actually had a student on spring break the first time I went say, what is Jesus? Like, she, she didn't even know it was a person. Um, one of the other girls on summer mission this past summer also mentioned that her friend didn't know that Jesus wasn't an American. Like, he just assumed, she just assumed that because this girl was from America, oh, Jesus must be too. So these have no frame of reference in a lot of ways. Um, and so meeting with students, sharing the gospel with them can be, we talk about how it can be like turning on a light uh, when someone is sitting in the dark. So you're sitting in the dark, you've been sleeping, or you're watching a movie, and someone comes in and just flips the light on, and what do we do? We get so mad because now our eyes, we can't see. <laughs> we feel maybe like, if you're sleeping, you're like, oh, I'm confused, like what's going on? And so I think the gospel and sharing that with students there can be really similar. Um, they've never heard it, so hearing it for the first time can be a little bit confusing and a little bit blinding in some ways. So it may take them a few times to hear it um, before they begin to understand it. So I was compelled to go because I saw this need. I saw that people need the gospel and they're not hearing it. But I think I've stayed because of the life change that God has allowed me to see among the students there. So I wanted to introduce you to some friends. I have some more pictures of just different people I've hung out with. Um, so the first friend is a guy. There's a picture of like four people all wearing sunglasses. I'm not sure where that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these two guys in the front, um, the one is Henry. He was my teammate last year. The other one is Isaac. And so last fall, my teammate Henry traveled to a village about 200 miles from our city um, to visit his friend Isaac's hometown. So Isaac is from a people group of the people are about the size of the population of Los Angeles. So it's pretty big. They're 96% Muslim. And so there's not a single known fellowship of Christians among these people, uh, making them one of the most unreached in the world. And so considering this, uh, my teammate Henry was super surprised when Isaac was like, I want to study the Bible with you. And so after they came back to campus, they, yeah, started to read the Bible together. Um, and then last December, his friend Isaac finally said, I think I'm starting to understand Jesus. I think he really does have the authority to forgive our sins. Several months after that, this just took time, um, feeling especially burdened for Isaac, um, Henry asked our team at staff meeting that morning to just pray for him. 
and Henry was fasting for him and praying for him as well that day. And so then that afternoon, Henry went to campus to share the gospel with him one more time. Henry began to put together all the things he had been sharing over the months and all the things that they had been reading in the Bibles together. And as he listened, Isaac really, he just like put his hand on his heart. And he was like, I've only ever known Allah, this God, through rituals and through things I have to do. And he's always felt so distant. And now you're sitting here telling me about a God who loves me. And so that day, Isaac decided, yes, I want to follow him. I want to follow Jesus. And so he's continuing to learn what that even means, um, what it means to be a Christian. He's reading his Bible regularly, and he's praying in Jesus' name, um, which these things sound like really normal things probably to some of you. Um, They're not for someone that grew up for 20 years of his life as a Muslim. This is a really big deal, but we're thanking the Lord for him as a new brother in Christ. Um, Another friend of mine, this is Ruby. Um, She's really dear to me. She's, um, this year is her first year on staff with crew in East Asia, like locally, um, which means she's spending her first year in our new staff training program. She was a junior in college when I first met her. We were on summer mission together. We also have summer mission in East Asia where we're getting students together to go, which is really cool. Um, We lived together in the same apartment, and I had the privilege of discipling her that summer. Um, She was super passionate just about sharing the gospel with people, and I could see her, I could see God giving her a heart to share with Muslims around her. And I challenged her to think about full-time ministry. So fast forward to three years, two years after that, I guess, we finally got to serve on the same team together. So this past year, um, she was an intern locally with our team. And it was such a dream for me to actually get to work alongside a student I had met several years before. Um, This was someone I had been praying for, been trusting God for, um, and she had a really hard year in a lot of ways, Um, just a lot of doubt at times because her parents were giving her a lot of pressure, like, you should quit this, you should find a real job, you should get married, you should do this and this, and she just, yeah, she didn't listen to them, and I just kept seeing her over and over again persevere. Because she just kept saying, the gospel is worth it, and these people need to hear it. And so I just was really encouraged to see that kind of life change in her over the year, and I'm excited to see, like, what God continues to do in her life. So ministry and my life in ministry in East Asia looks super similar to what you guys are doing here. Uh, I spend time having spiritual conversations with students um, and sharing the gospel with them, I put some more pictures up of students I've hung out with over the years. Um, Yeah, and as they come to Christ, I start discipling them um, and leading them in Bible study. But also, we want to send. Like, we too want to have a sending culture in East Asia. Um, As you guys here at Ball State have said, yes, let's go to East Asia. Let's partner with them. We also want to be going to different places um, throughout the world for two reasons. One... East Asian people are the most strategic to reach their own people, right? Like, they speak the language. They totally get the culture. They know why this guy is walking around with a dope hat on his head, even though he's 70. Like, they get it. And so while God totally uses us as we are faithful to go and be a part of the call, obviously they're going to be more 
strategic just in a lot of ways. And so we want to raise up laborers there. But we also want to be sending them out. Because the other thing is, um, as Americans, there's a lot of places we can't go. Like, I don't know if you guys realize this, but not everyone loves us as Americans. Um, and so it's just hard to think about the places we can't go, that we want to go, and they need to hear the gospel. But East Asian people can. And so what does it look like for us to send them out to be a part of the Great Commission? And so in that way, um, part of our vision is that we want to win East Asia today and the campuses there, reach the 1040 window tomorrow. Um, so what does it look like to send? And so I am guessing you're now thinking, what does this mean to me? Like, what do I do with all of this? This is a lot of information that people have shared tonight. Um, it means a lot. I think... There are a lot of ways you can be a part of what God is doing in East Asia. Um, I love that last week the traveling team talked about being a part of the Great Commission is actually two parts. So the first part is going. So whether you go here and you share with people in your life here or you go there and you, like, yeah, do a summer mission or something like that. Um, but also sending. So under sending, there's praying and giving. And so... I think being a part of sending can look like this. Uh, it looks like you guys committing to pray for those people that are already there, all the staff that you know, me, um, that are already there, the stinters on this video that you guys know and love, pray for them. I think as people go on spring break or go on summer mission, pray for them. I think also I want to encourage you guys as an encouragement to the people over there, tell them you're praying for them because it's, it's, it's a life changer knowing that as you're so far from home as someone shared, it can be hard. But knowing that people are back here praying for you can just like brighten your day. So as you're praying for them, like let them know. Send them an email or something. I think the second thing under that is that you can give. I think there's a lot of important things that we can give our money to in this world, a lot of missions, but what does it look like for you guys to commit to giving to East Asia or giving to someone who's there? And so finding someone that's going and say, like, I want to support you. Let me know how I can. Um, and I think the more obvious part in all of this is that you can go. <laughs> and so what does it look like for you to go to East Asia on a spring break trip or go on the next summer mission for five or six weeks? Or maybe it means taking a year and doing um, a stint after you graduate. Um, I want right now to personally invite each of you. Um, I can't write you guys an invitation or call you because that would just take way, way, way too long. And so basically, yeah, I just want to, yeah, invite you guys to be a part of what God is doing among the unreached in East Asia. Be a part of this Ball State East Asia partnership um, in whatever way you feel like God is leading, and whether that's by sending or going. So please come. I will open, welcome you with open arms. Um, but yeah, first let me just pray for you guys. Yeah. <sighs> Woman, 
给他们理想为重要，给他们善良，提醒他们你是他们的主，你也很爱他们，帮助他们知道怎么说，是的，我要跟随你。我们非常感谢你，因为你听到我们的祷告，在耶稣的名我们祷告，阿门。Thank you. Hi everyone, I'm Cheyenne, and I'm excited to share a bit of how the Lord has been at work in my life. So three years ago, coming into college, I was excited to start something new, to kind of be on my own, to have new experiences. But I could have never mapped out for myself what God has done in the past few years. My storyline would pale in comparison. After my freshman year, I went on a 10-week summer mission to Virginia Beach. And before I went, I didn't really have a heart-level understanding of how Jesus' payment on the cross and his resurrection was personal for me. It was that summer where I was hit time and time again with the truth that God's grace cannot be earned and that to walk with him, I can't remain safe at arm's length because really the safest place is closely knowing him. It was also in Virginia Beach that I first became aware of the world. Um, that all the places and people of the earth were made by God and made to know Him. By the end of that summer, I knew that I wanted to spend my next summer on mission, and I knew that our partnership was East Asia, but that was the last place I wanted to go. I said no, thank you to that. <laughs> but I was saying yes to God, but still keeping a grip on that yes.、Um, but throughout the next few weeks and months, my journal pages weighed out. Why and why not to go to East Asia?、Um, but all my reasons of why nots consisted of my fears, doubts, and and inadequacies. But God was quick to move my eyes off of myself, reminding me, daughter, the Lord, I am the Lord. I will take you. I made you for adventure with me. Do not think I will be the one at work. All right, Lord. I still had fears, but I got to be in the sweet place of deep dependence on God. As I chose to go to East Asia, I will never forget or regret my summer there,、um, sharing the news of Jesus with people who have never heard His name. I got to experience God in new ways and make friends that I wouldn't have known otherwise. Putting myself in a place of dependence, trust, and outside of comfort was so worth it. It allowed me to grow in love for my God. With one college summer remaining, why would I not want to do that again? So this past summer, I. Went to Montenegro, where I increasingly learned about living the Spirit-filled life,、um, and clearly saw how the body of Christ works, and got to see another part of the world that God made. My team and I got to speak of hope to people who walk in the darkness of hopelessness, and speak of a God who is just and loving. Throughout my time there, I couldn't stop thinking about going back sometime in the future, or going somewhere else, but just going. Going to speak of life found in Jesus, to go and learn to be out of comfort zones and be more dependent on the Lord. So I have made the decision to stint next year, which is a short-term international internship, and it feels really scary to say that out loud in front of everyone.、Um, I don't quite know yet where I will be going, but I do know that God has called us into His story. I do know that He has made every person to know Him and glorify Him. I do know that He is faithful and that His word has power. I do know that He is life and the only way to live alive now and to have eternal life. 
For three summers, I have not only seen his perfect provision in rich friendships and financial support, but also his faithful work in transforming lives. One decision to go set me on a trajectory for a lifetime of trusting and walking with Jesus. If I had not gone to Virginia Beach, I would have never thought of East Asia, and then I wouldn't have gone to Montenegro, and if I wouldn't have done any of this, I would never think about taking the next year to stint. So what it comes down to is taking one step of faith and then taking the next step. Um, and that is where change in life is going to happen. We have a God who calls us into adventure with him, even with our list of fears and inadequacies, because it is he who works. We are not sufficient in ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. I guarantee you will never regret going. So would you consider Virginia Beach or Chicago or East Asia or anywhere? Would you say yes to a spring break, a summer, a year? Because in the big picture, even a year is not that much time. Life isn't going to start later. This is it right now, and your days matter. So I beg you to live fully alive and to take a risk. You can't trust God when you're not risking anything. So I would love to talk more with any of you about um, spring breaks or summer missions or stinting or East Asia or even just taking steps of faith. Um, and I'm sure anyone else who's been up here tonight would love to talk to you. So you can find us in the pit outside crew afterwards. Thank you. So 
lift your voices.
your spirit strong in me my flesh may fail my god you never will cause i may be weak your spirit strong in me and my flesh may fail my god you never 